Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Magic Beans podcast. My name is Cracker, and I will be your host for the show. And I have one lowly bean with me. Not lowly. One magical bean with me. Chewy, how you doing, mate? I was feeling good. Now I'm feeling kind of lowly. No, well, no. You should feel amazing. You're a magical bean. <laughs> I am a magical bean. Uh, and yeah, just, just two beans, uh, which is twice as many as we had last week. So That's true. Lots going on in the world of the beans and uh, that typical change of season and everyone's Feeling a little under the weather. Shorty's got his, uh, you know, uh, husky phone voice going at the moment. So not- he does, but apparently he needs to keep that for his job, yeah. <laughs> not just talking to us. So uh, he's he's decided that uh, he's unwell this week and uh, and can't host for us. So I will gladly fill in the, the gaps there. Absolutely. Hope you feel better soon, Shorty. Yes. Take care, mate. Uh, well. As Shorty says, heaps to get through, but actually this week's kind of quiet. So we've got a couple of little topics we're going to chat about and maybe sort of throw in a couple of segues and who knows where we'll end up. But before we do any of that, we've got to talk about our illustrious sponsors. Who are they, mate? They are the good folks at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. And they've been supporting the beans for a little while now and we just continue to love them. They are a Facebook auction site that... Uh, Put up like a hundred cards every single night, primo auctions on the weekend. They are so fast and so professional with their, their shipping and handling and communication. They will get you what you need. And Josh and Pat's Facebook page I saw just this week, they've got a crazy deal on Strixhaven collector boosters. So yeah. to find out a little bit more about that, uh, shipping is included in the cost. There's a cap on uh, the number per person, but you can go and get yourself some really, really fancy Strixhaven collector boosters, which I believe have got even fancier Mystical Archive cards in them. So at probably the best rate I've seen. So if you're in the market for, for those, make sure you check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar and Make sure you tell them that the beans sent you. Absolutely. So you uh you went and saw Pat a little while ago. Saw I the did. whole operation in in action. There's a uh, quite a lot going on up there. There's a lot going on. Uh, a a pallet of Strixhaven had arrived that day, <laughs> and uh, there was a, a sure. team of people sitting around the table just cracking packs, and like not a bad job, honestly. I I wouldn't mind that, uh, but. Yeah, it's a – there was packets everywhere. There was boxes everywhere. They were sorting and uh, categorizing cards as they worked, which is something pretty foreign to me, if I'm honest. There's, I've just got cards <laughs> everywhere. It's like I, I know I own that, but I don't know yeah, where it is. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I started organizing my collection recently and got about halfway through, and then that was the end of the night, and I just haven't gone back to do the other half yet. And, yeah, it's um, it's not good. Yeah, That's so I'm just a, yeah. waiting on Polly Waffle and Shorty to actually do that organizing your collection evergreen episode. One day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but, you know, that's, uh, that, yeah, please. That's for another night. Yeah, that's for another night, those, those gentlemen, if you could finally do something. Uh, mm. and, uh, but yeah, it was great to see, uh, it was great to see Pat. It was good to meet the team. And, uh, as I mentioned on the cast last week, uh, walked out of there with a, a bunch of swag so there's going to be some giveaways and uh both on stream and twitter and perhaps some other avenues seeing how we go for some uh for strixhaven and commander products so yeah keep an ear out for those sounds good sounds good all right so as i said we've got a couple of things we want to get across tonight the first one is we've got a new historic anthology which is releasing shortly And then we're going to talk about the Forgotten Realms cards that we've seen. The Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, which will be the next standard set, I believe. Yeah, just starting to see some uh, some previews on that, which is which is good. Yeah, yeah. So, historic anthology. Let's start there. We've got a few more cards. There's not heaps, but um, we're going to see more of these as we go. Um, Probably not a whole lot more. The anthologies tend to be fairly small in number these days. so we'll have to have a, a you know keep an eye out and see. But we've got we've got some classics from from standards past and a few of your favourite cards. Oh yeah, ever ever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were talking before we uh, we started recording. There's a couple of cards here that I've cast many many of, 
um, some that I've never cast and some that I'm very much looking forward to casting. Uh, so we've got 14 cards and some of these will definitely have an impact on historic. Some of them will be, you know, a nice option to have in your sideboard and some of them, uh, the format would have to skew a certain way for them to be, uh, impactful, but. Yeah. They still may yeah. find a home, definitely. It's it's tricky. Like, you look at the power level of these cards, and, and I'll read them all out in a minute, but, I mean, compared to what we've just seen in the Mystical Archives in, in Strixhaven, it's pretty hard to make a dent compared to, like, some of those cards, which are- Brainstorm. Truly, yeah. Yeah, Brainstorm, and then, you know, like, Tainted <laughs> Pact and stuff like that, where you can just win on the spot with Thassa's Oracle. So, these are, are not that level, but they are good cards. So, first one off the rank, Ancient Grudge, one in a red- Instant destroy target artifact flashback for single green mana. That card sees play everywhere. So uh, play that in in modern uh, mm-hmm. regularly. Uh, it it's just a good sideboard card. The Gruel deck or uh, red green based uh, decks, be they you know ad- adventures, perhaps Naya or Tima, just a great option to have out of the sideboard for for those decks. A two for one. If there's a uh, a deck that wants to play a bunch of artifacts, or you just want to get those values, so pretty good against Embercleave in the mirror, as an example, in that sort of deck. So, just a good card, good sideboard card. Love having it in the format, really. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And there's look, we're, I'm going to jump a little bit, but there's Ray of Revelation, which is the same thing, except one in a white. Destroy, or destroy target enchantment, sorry. With a yeah, flashback so green. Ancient so Grudge, got, uh, Ray yeah. of Revelation, you know, sort of uh, two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. with the uh, the disenchant or uh, shatter effect. So, uh, again, yeah, good options to have if you're uh, in, a, uh, in those colours. Uh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I don't know why you'd be in white green, but maybe Dromoka's Command. Oh, segue. That's a... <laughs> Hang on, hang on. you're stealing my thunder here. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, but yeah, Dramokas Command was a dominant card in Standard. So yeah, it's I could see huge it. amounts of playing. And that's actually when uh, we all started playing again, was in that Khan's block, the Dragons of Taki kind of era. Yep. Uh, so Dramokas Command, uh, green and white. So to convert to mana value. Oh, still going to take a while to get used to that. Uh, instant, and it's a modal card. So you can choose two. Uh, target player sacrifices an enchantment, prevent all damage and instant a sorcery spell would deal this turn, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature or target creature you control fights a target creature you don't control. So, so the last two modes were the most common, right? You pump your dude and then fight something mid-combat and you could just have huge blowouts. Absolutely. And look, the other cards could definitely, sorry, the other modes could definitely be useful, but the most common use case for this is an instant speed fight spell that also left a plus one counter on your creature is something that yeah saw a bit of synergies uh with plus one counters so there's a a bit of that going around but yeah instant speed fight spells are pretty rare and yeah this saw a lot of play it's very cheap and maybe with uh an intangible virtue which is also in this anthology which is Mm -hmm. One and a white creature tokens you control get plus one plus one and have vigilance. The standard green white tokens deck that you know is certainly around in historic and has kind of been that sort of tier two, tier 2.5 deck, uh, just may get a bit of a boost up to you know, I'm not going to say it's tier one, but certainly get these as options and uh, have a bit of a power level boost. And that's what these anthologies are designed to do there to you know they plug the holes right because you've you've, we've only got so many standard sets since arena's been online exactly and there are these powerful cards i mean what's intangible virtue from that looks like it's uh it's it's got angels on it it's one of the avison sets yeah Uh, yeah yeah yeah. uh so that's a a little bit before uh arena came out so uh, and it's a you know it's a good build around card it's it's something that uh you know it promotes a fair deck which we haven't seen a lot of in um in historic recently so yeah it's a it's a good cut and yeah. uh but you know it's Dramokes command probably find a home in any green white based creature deck 
uh, intangible virtue, if, you know, that deck is good in the meta, that's going to be good. So that's going to just depend on swings and roundabouts. But yeah, good, uh, good card to have in mind. So this next one is one of your pet cards. I don't know that I've seen many other people cast it. I do have a foil playset of this one. Uh, Ico Wellspring. Ico Wellspring. Ico? Ico. I think I said, Ico. I think I said differently every time, like, uh, Icoria, Icoria. Uh, so Ico Wellspring is a two mana artifact. So two generic mana. Uh, when it enters the battlefield or is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, draw a card. And I cast a lot of this card with, you know, the Crackland Ironworks deck. So it was a sort of integral part of that that you sort of cycle through the deck and it was meta neutral and you, you know, drew two cards out of it. It was, uh, it was probably the best cantrip in modern <laughs> for a little while. So it's, um, um, it's, it's very, very good if, at what it does. It's just whether or not it has a home. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's potential. Maybe there's some Emery deck or something out there that can utilize it by, milling it into the graveyard and then bringing it back or some sacrifice outlet. But it's very much, it's not like, if you're playing it fair, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think exactly. If, if, if you're hoping that someone's going to ancient grudge your Ica Wellspring, I've got some news for you that is unlikely to happen. No, absolutely. I, uh, what's the one green destroy target artifact enchantment it's control against for life? What's that one called again? It's in modern. Can't remember what the card's called. Anyway, mm, but I've, I've targeted my own Ica Will Springs with that before. It's pretty good against, uh, you know, a burn deck, like draw a card, gain full life. Yeah, um, seems good. Yeah. Uh, there is trash for treasure in this anthology. Mm. That's a pretty good thing to sack to, uh, to trash for treasure is Ica Will Spring. So, you know, you might want to compulsive research a, uh, you know, a platinum angel into the graveyard and then bring it back with trash for treasure. There's a, there we go. We're, we're brewing now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Bolus of Citadel. Bolus of Citadel, yeah, yep. That's uh, Storm Off, Grape Shot Winds. Yep, definitely, yeah. That's, hey, is Platinum Imperium there. in, I don't think Platinum I don't Imperium is so. in, no. no. But yeah, there's a, uh, yeah, there's a potential deck there. Uh, and another card, speaking of cards that I've cast a lot of, there's also Vault Scourge. Mm. Mm. So one and a Phyrexian Black Mana for a 1-1 flying lifelink artifact creature imp. And, yeah, the we saw... Maybe maybe tell people what Phyrexian mana is. Oh, okay, yep. So you can either pay... Old. Yeah, it is. It is. So you can either pay black mana, a single black and one, or you can pay two life. So for on turn one, one mana and two life, you can play a 1-1 flying lifelink. And... We saw in one of the previous anthologies the uh, Blink Moth Nexus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there may be a, uh, you know, some sort of artifact beatdown deck uh, available to us in Historic as well. So, it's something that, uh, you know, Vault Scourge certainly uh, helps for that. So, uh, Bomat Courier Vault Scourge uh, as your one drops and uh, kind of go from there. So there's no cranial plating, but uh, I was going to say there's no skull clamp or cranial plating to make no. it really good. But but uh, yeah. there's a the deck kind of exists in Pioneer, uh, but there is Shrapnel Blast in Pioneer. So um, I don't think there's Shrapnel Blast on Arena. But uh, we need um we need scissors, man, like in Soul Artifact. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So maybe we're going to work towards that. But yeah, I, I, Fault Scourge is a good option to have in the uh, yeah. in the format as well. Uh, so yeah, there's. Uh, there's some some good answer cards. There's some good build around cards. There's some cards that are going to you know pop up if they're in uh, you know the the formats in the right mood. Hmm. Um, there's a, there's a couple of cards that don't seem great, like Reverse Engineer. Yeah, improvise, draw three cards. I mean, you can tap your Ica Wellspring to make it cheaper, I guess. Uh, sure. <laughs> but yeah, not uh, not super excited about a five mana sorcery to draw three cards. Uh, because, you know, there's other options uh, a lot better in Historic. Yeah, Ojitai's Command, I'm not overly excited about. Uh, Same with Silimgars. Like, they're both fine, but, I mean, they're four mana and five mana, respectively. So, they saw a lot less play than, like, um, Atarka's Command and Dramoka's Command. Yeah, well, just on uh, just on mana cost alone, probably. Correct. 
Um, there's Urubras. Uh, and Coligan's Command. Oh, Col- yeah, K also- Command saw a lot of play and continues to. And, and yeah. a huge amount of modern as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Urubrask the Hidden. Combo mm. potential, reanimator potential. Also, just a good five mana four four paste that slows down your creatures. So maybe a I don't know if it competes with Goldspan Dragon in that slot, but it's a uh, you know a powerful effect. It does have a, a, it's, a good effect on the game. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So uh, yeah, it says creatures you control have haste. Creatures your opponents control into the battlefield tapped. So. It's kind of a weird tempo-ish card with a mono red beatdown. I I don't know. It's uh it's interesting. What I do find interesting though is it's a Praetor. And we have another Praetor. We have the original Voronklex Voice of Hunger. Yeah. Which is six green green. And this one this one's kinda nutty if you can get it out there. Six green green, trample, seven six. Legendary okay. creature Praetor. Uh whenever you tap a land for mana. Add one mana of any type that land produced. Whenever an opponent taps land for mana, that land doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So you double your mana and halve your opponents. Which is a very, you know, Vorinclex thing to do, uh, as mm-hmm. we've seen with the uh, the recent printing of that uh, character, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there's a bit of a theme here, like Vorinclex, Praetor, Urabrask, Praetor... Uh, oh, Vol- are we going to see the others? Yeah, Vault Scourge, Phyrexian <laughs> yeah. Manor, Ica yep, Wellspring. Yep. Now, I know we've got D&D set coming, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah. uh, are, are we going back to Phyrexia? Oh, man, I, I kind of hope so. I actually really loved the, like, Mirrodin block. Um, I know it's not everyone's favourite, but that's right when I was into playing it. And yeah. look, I mean, it led to, like, Affinity was clearly, you know, busted. <laughs> in standard and you know there were some really dumb things that you could do but man it was a lot of fun yeah i i, I think it gets a bad rap it wasn't as bad as people think but uh i think with the willingness to ban cards now uh with they that was part of the problem back then they were so reluctant to ban cards out of standard things just stayed along in in place for too long yeah, and people definitely. got people got over it and they uh Stop playing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a there's a lot of really good cards here. Um, we've kind of saving up uh, one here for the end. It's something that is a very cool card and something I've enjoyed casting uh, over my Magic career. It's something that's been around for as long as I've been playing Magic, and uh, something I've played in uh, in Extended. Something I've played in Legacy and Vintage, and most certainly Highlander. And it is stifle. Yeah. So the ultimates feels bad. Oh, the, or, or gotcha, depending on which yeah. side of the fence you're sitting on. So stifle is a single blue, and it says counter target activated or triggered ability. So take that, Muxus. Um, but it's a, uh, a a a tricky card, and it is a feels bad card if you know someone goes to crack their. Fable Passage on turn one on the when they're in the draw and their opponent goes, oh, I'll stifle that effect and one mana stone rain you. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's going to you know cause a little bit of saltiness, but yeah, being able to uh, being able to counter planeswalk active planeswalker activations and things like that yeah, is absolutely. one of the the things that might come up. So it's it's weird. Like it seems like it might not. It's it's very. It's very, very situational. Uh, but when it's good, it's, it's very good. good. It's, yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. But it, I don't know if there's a- You need like a mono blue tempo deck to really make it in its best, right? Like it's best in like Delver in, in Legacy, for example, right? Where you're sort of putting a threat down and then disrupting people with cheap interaction. So, you know, counter spells, bounce spells- um, stifle, you know, th- those kinds of things tend to be where it's it's at its strongest. I, I don't know if we've got all the tools in Historic to do that, but again, like we're building towards it. And I, I like that they are just, uh, every every card doesn't have to be a bomb and impact, you know, like format warping. You've got to have role nice players, to just, right? Yeah. You do, you do. And, you know, like sometimes you just 
you get them in, you know, like Strixhaven where we just get dumped a whole bunch and it's like, wow, this is, you know, flipped historic on its head. But, you know, there are these other cards from the anthologies that are just like, they just fill the gaps, right? Just yeah, kind of I, I see Stifle. I'm excited by Stifle just from a nostalgia perspective, but I see this filling a really similar role to Ancient Grudge and Ray of Revelation where it's just a good option to have available for your sideboard. It's not going to always be good. It's not going to always be relevant, but I like that it exists in the format. Yeah, it's so, definitely good to have. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I also, I missed Whirler Rogue. Uh, I was going to talk about that when I was talking about the deck potential with Vault Scourge, you know, if you're trying to make a... Uh, you know, you could try to build some sort of artifact thopter beatdown. Whirler Rogue's a nice four drop for that. So it's uh, two and two blue for a two two. And um, when it enters the battlefield, you create two one one colorless thopter artifact creature tokens with flying. And then you can tap two artifacts you control, and one of your creatures becomes unblockable. So then it turns. So a couple of stifle targets bolted to that card, but uh, it's a. Uh, you know, a, a nice little mirror breaker. Uh, it's a card I drafted in standard a lot. Sorry, I sorry. It's a card I drafted when this was a standard set a lot because uh, yeah, a way it was to get really good board stalls and such. But yeah, if you're combining that with intangible virtue and um, vault scourge and potentially even Ojtai's command, you know, if you if you're really trying to build a, a deck out of these anthologies, you could uh, you could do that because uh, Ojtai's command. Uh, reanimates you know brings your wheel of road back to the battlefield and gives you two more thopters and it's pretty good value there so uh it's a uh and you can counter a spell and draw a card tacked onto it doesn't it brings back your vault scourge but it doesn't bring back wheel of rogue because it's card with mana value mana value sorry i thought it was not, not yeah, mana value. Yeah. okay yeah okay sorry so, misread yeah. that but yeah no, it's a you know there's you know potential there but the format's sure. got to be in a place where that's actually good yep yeah but that's uh, yeah, that's I I I like these anthology sets. I, I think they've you know they've done a a pretty good job. It's unfortunate the last anthology set came out right on the eve of Strixhaven and all of you know those few cards like Thraven Inspector. Kind of nobody really had time to explore, you know, whether that card was going to be good or not, uh, because it just got you know didn't get a chance to shine. It got overshadowed. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. Uh, but it's a, uh, there's a few cards here that I think, yeah, just a good ro- role players and a couple of cards that have the potential to be really good. Nothing yep. stands out as just busted and format warping, but, uh, I can see the, the holes that they're trying to plug here. I, th- I think they've done a decent job of, of plugging those specific holes. Whether there's other holes that could be plugged, uh, which could have been prioritized over these particular ones. That's another discussion, but for what they've, I think they've done what they've set out to do so far with these cards. Uh, we don't know if there's any more cards coming in this anthology set either. These are just the ones that have been previewed so far. Yeah, I just had a look. The Historic Anthology 4 had 25 cards in it, so it seems likely it'll be sort of a similar number. Yeah. They seem so, to be in the, in the 20s. Yeah, so we're si- 27 in the third one. So sort of in that halfway through. Range. So we're yeah, it we've seems seen- about that. Yeah. So who knows what else can come? There might be more reverse engineers, or there might be a brainstorm. <laughs> who knows? So yep. it's a uh, it's it's a wait and see kind of thing. But I I'm excited by these in a you know in that yeah you, know, you just give yourself a give the format a gentle nod, going okay this is good, rather than you know. Jumping up and down and being excited. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Maybe they'll give us Ponder this time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that we've got, we're starting to see cards for, is Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. So this is the crossover D&D set that has been talked about for a while, and we're starting to see a few things falling out of it. So at the moment, we've got 13 cards. Unfortunately, like, Five of them are basics, so I don't know if that counts. But they're basics they, with some pretty cool flavor text. They uh, are so they're, they're pretty too. They all look really nice. Yeah, they they do. So there might be a bit of a um, there might be a bit of collectability there, and potentially, you know, I I'm not super familiar with the Forgotten Realms um, realm within D and D. Played a bunch of D and D, but 
not necessarily the Forgotten Realms bit. So these might actually represent actual places. Actual and places. Things. Within oh, I'm sure it. Yeah. they do. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they do. So, so the D and D players out there might be, uh, you know, might be a bit chuffed to see those places sort of brought to life a little bit. So. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, in case you don't know, um, I'm sure most people do, but uh, Wizards of the Coast owns and produces. Dungeons and Dragons, as well as Magic the Gathering. So their IP crossover here is free <laughs> as far as that goes. It's, I mean, Magic has forever been basically D&D in a card form. Uh, and I'm so, kind of surprised that it's taken this long. I was about to say exactly the yeah. same thing. So there has been some other crossovers that were done a little while ago. Uh, there was the D&D um, Ravnica, the Guilds of Ravnica set. They actually released a book. That's right. Yeah, a uh, Where, a campaign book for yeah, correct. Yeah. Yep. And so you know that's a well, probably a, a, what, twelve no probably like eighteen months two years ago now I guess something like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's been out for a little while. But this has got some really iconic cards that are really iconic spells. Right. So the one that jumps out to me, power word kill. Right? Absolutely. That's just an yeah. actual spell that exists that you can cast in D&D. One in a black instant destroy targets non-angel, non-demon, non-devil, non-dragon creature, which is very much in keeping in the power level of the spell in actual D&D. You wouldn't be able to kill any of those creatures because they're all way too high level for that spell. Exactly. So it's a the next iteration of of. Terror, the, Doomblade, uh, whatever yeah, you want to call exactly it. Yeah, exactly that, uh, that that cheap situational, uh, but not too situational to be unplayable removal spell. No, this will see a lot of play. Yeah, for absolutely. Because sure. yeah. it's not, um, there's no mana value attached to it, which has been the issue with some of the more recent ones where it's like, you know, destroy a target creature with mana value two or less or, you know, three yeah, or less or whatever. And it's exactly. Like, yeah, they become I want to kill that. I want to kill that four drop. I just need to, you know get rid of it so it's or, or there's been you know apparent toughness restrictions so yeah this is cool like it absolutely uh other removal spells here uh that yeah uh, iconic uh dnd spells the old or artifacts um mm. portable hole so uh, one white mana for an artifact when portable hole enters the battlefield exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls with mana value two or less until portable hole leaves the battlefield so it's a uh, a very very cheap removal spell, and it's a very situational uh, with that uh, with that mana value restriction. What I'm scared about is we saw bag of holding a couple of sets ago. We did. There was a cheap artifact. Mm-hmm. If you put the bag of holding in your portable hole, which is a thing you can do, because Bag of holding is mana value two or less. Uh, you can basically cause a rift in, you know, space time and all sorts of, uh, bad things can happen. So, uh, D and D 101 is, uh, don't put a interdimensional space inside another interdimensional space because, uh, yeah, that is bad. But, uh, I, I guess maybe they did that as a bit of a, a tongue in cheek, but yeah, uh, uh, two decent removal spells. That uh, I think we'll see some play. play. Yeah, portable hold, perhaps more sideboard play than uh, powered kill, but they'll definitely see some play. Um, Another card is we've got a a halfling. Is this the first halfling in Magic? I think it has to be. Yeah. So prosperous innkeeper. Now we've had innkeepers for a little while that have been really powerful Mm -hmm. cards. So what does this one do? There's a two mana one one. When Prosperous Innkeeper enters a battlefield, create a treasure token. Uh, when another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain a life. So not quite as powerful as Edgewell Innkeeper, but uh, it's a uh, it's a ramp spell, and it is also a you know essence warden. So it's yeah, yeah it kind of kind of does two things. So this might might just have a home if there's a uh, you know a deck that cares about the life gain and that wants to you know, always hit their fourth land or, or fourth manor or whatever it might be. So, yeah, the uh, innkeep could be could be interesting. And, yeah, halfling citizen. So I don't know whether the citizen side of things is going to have a uh, a 
a uh, role it, it, in- it may well do because remember we had the party mechanic. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And so yeah. I wonder whether it falls into that kind of um, realm of hey, uh, sphere of cards in terms of being able to you know trigger on the off, off your party, uh, which seemed really sweet in like limited and it just yeah. never came together. No, it wasn't <laughs> like quite good just, enough. And I remember you, when we during talk- the five creature party thing just never quite got there. But exactly. Yeah. But I remember when we were talking about it. During that sort of preview season, yeah, we kept saying, "Oh, this might be really good when the D and D set comes out, right?" So yeah, correct, because it was very much the precursor, right? We already knew that this D and D set was coming; it had been spoiled, um, you know, as like a year away, and mm. then they they put the party mechanic in, and it was it was cool, but you know, it just kind of never paid off in a big way. But we will get more tools assuredly for it now, so that's probably cool. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, and I think that's good, and that's. A uh, you know a nice little crossover thing, and you know I think from the what do we got uh, five cards so far that have been yeah, previewed, uh, so very small sample size uh, so far. You know, as someone who's played a bit of D and D, these are cool. I like them. They are cool. Uh, so th- we got an equipment. We have a Vorpal sword, which is also a very iconic piece of. Well, gear that you can get if you're lucky enough in D&D or have enough money. Yeah, it's like a uh, pl- uh, plus five enhanced en- enchantment on the, on a weapon. So, like it's it's yeah. pretty huge. Uh, but- uh, this isn't quite plus five. <laughs> it's, it's black mana for equipped creature gets plus two, plus oh, and has death touch. It's equip cost is black, black. Okay. So, you you got to commit to this one. And then it has an activated ability, which is five black, black, black. Until end of turn, Vorpal Sword gains whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. This is going to see so much playing Commander. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I this is, feels like what a Vorpal Sword should be. It's It's... It's a rare item in the game. It's, it costs a lot to, you know, have the Vorpal uh, enchantment on mm-hmm. your uh, on your you know your longsword or whatever you're using. So eight mana activation cost kind of makes sense, and it's a very very powerful effect. So I think it's appropriately costed. Uh, I I like it. I don't know if we'll see any play, but it's very cool. Yeah. No. I mean, if it was attach for black, black. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be better, but uh, attach is equip, but at instant speed. Yeah. If Which you, is, and we've seen, know. we've seen black, black we attach have. costs be very, uh, very impactful in the past with cranial plating. So definitely, definitely. Um, so, but yeah, I, what I think is, is cool about these things, uh, these cards is if you're actually playing a D and D campaign, you can, and you know, if I was DMing, Something like this, a D and D game, and somebody found a portable hole. I would, mm-hmm. I would give them the portable hole card. Yeah, um, to to use. Like it's it's a a nice little bit of uh, yeah. It's an extra use case for the crossover, which is which is pretty sweet. And we'll see a bunch more of them. And you know, there'll be artifacts, there'll be enchantments. They they might be um, creatures or whatever they might be, but they'll have uses uh, outside of magic, still within. Um, the <clears throat> realm, as you alluded to before. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, if you're playing a spellcaster, uh, it's pretty common to actually have your spells on cards, right? So you can refer to them and flip through them really easily. Uh, one of our mates has done that, right? We've played with, with one of our friends who's done literally this, where he's taken magic cards, where he's looked at the arts and the names and kind of gone, oh, this feels like that. And so he's, you know, then printed other text you know, to put over the top of it, so he's got them as reference cards. So it's a like really power good way to kill. Yeah, it's a yeah. great way to do it. It's a really visual, quick, easy method to kind of flip through your your many spells as you level up. And when you have a certain number of spells per day, it's a really good way to keep track of them mm-hmm. as well, because you can put your uh, you know cast your power word kill that you can cast however many times per day, and once you've cast it, put it in your I guess your graveyard, <laughs> and uh, and you know when you when you rest, you can. You know, shuffle them back into your deck, and, and away you go. So, it's a uh, a good little sort of mechanical shortcut that's also cool because it's the actual thing now. So, yeah, I like it. Mm. There's one right. other. There sure card. is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the big bad. The the Tiamat. end boss. 
Yeah. The, the end boss, Tiamat. The legendary creature dragon god. And uh, she's the one of the original kind of big bads from D&D, right? She's yeah. uh, the big mama dragon and has the appropriate mana cost and power to go with it. So, uh, Tiamat costs two and Wooberg. That is white, blue, black, red, green for a 7-7 with flying. And it says, when Tiamat enters the battlefield, if you cast it, search your library for up to five dragon creatures not named Tiamat, and they each have different names, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle. That's like the ultimate dragon commander commander, right? Yeah. Well, there's the five-color dragon commander precon that um, is very yeah. cool and, and sees a bunch of play. And this this is the first dragon that I've seen that might actually rival the out-of-the-box. The Ur-dragon? The Ur-dragon, yeah. So, mm. I mean- the it's dragon. going to the 99 either way. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good tutor. Seven mana, seven seven flying thing is a decent rate. And look, I, whether it makes a, an impact in standard or, or anything, I, I don't know. But it's cool. It's a it's a cool card for all the collectible yeah. reasons that we spoke about, as well as uh, yeah. More it's casual sweet. play. Yeah. Maybe to point out, you tutor five dragons because Tiamat has five heads. Yeah. So, so each of the heads goes and gets another dragon, which is very cool. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, with Tiamat, the, uh, you know, there's, there's five heads representing five different dragon types. You know, there's you know, the red dragon, the green dragon, yeah. the black dragon, the blue dragon, you know, the Wooberg dragon. The five, so. Yeah. The five colors <laughs> of magic as well. Yeah. yeah exactly. So very easy <laughs> crossover All there. So lines up pretty nicely. Yeah. So that's um, it's pretty sweet. So, uh, and that card would look excellent in foil. And there's also a uh, an alternate um, extended art version as well. So the borderless card, which looks pretty sweet, um, it does. So yeah, cool options for your commanders or just your any D and D fans out there that want that sort of iconic character in their collection. So it's very cool, very cool. Tangent time for Chewy Vorpal Sword. Right. The first thing that came to mind when uh, when I saw the Vorpal Sword was actually the end boss in a, uh, a a game we were playing, where it was built. The game was based on the Russian uh, sort of folk tale with. Um, What's the house with the chicken legs and what? Baba Yaga? Baba Yaga, yeah, yeah. And then there's uh, so the big end fight was against the big. What, what's the thing called? I called it a black dragon, but it's wrong. Um, the anyway, giant, giant big black dragony, demony, bad thing, and uh, we were getting absolutely soundly beaten by this thing. At the uh, the very end of the campaign, and one of the people we were playing with, uh, which happened to be Shorty's wife, uh, pulled out the Vorpal Sword, um, who was a uh, a halfling sorcerer who had become like the queen or something, and yeah, she uh, she chopped off the thing's head. So uh, rolled a twenty, uh, and literally we're all against nice. the ropes. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty sweet, very memorable moment. So uh, that's been my one experience of uh, of, of a Vorpal weapon, and it uh, it was very very cool. So yeah, uh, I guess yeah, we've played a bunch of D and D together. We uh, have you and I have, and uh, yeah, this just talking about D and D and magic, and, and it, it kind of brings up those uh, those memories. D and D is one of those games similar to Magic, where you 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 remember those. Uh, those key moments, th- uh, things that might have happened a, a long, long time ago. Uh, like I remember running a game that you played in, and there was mm. a uh, there was a cane field, a sugar cane field that was on fire. So you were running away from the fire, and then one of the players got separated because they got lost in the cane field, and then they got like attacked by a giant snake, and they were being constricted, and they were almost dying, and they were like doing everything they could to like damage it. And 
the cavalry arrived, being you. Correct. And you hit it and you killed it. I and did. I hit it I hit it once, just to be clear. Yep. And it had like one hit point left. It, it had literal one hit point left. And yeah. uh yeah, and that's that's you know, I, and every time we're together with that particular person, you know, it's an it inevitably comes up, right? So She has still not forgiven me because that was the game where uh, she she literally would keep a tally of all of the kills that she had made. Like, That's right. Yeah, she had like a she, she, the she back had of a li- character sheet. Had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actual like you know Roman numeral cross marks. You know, like counting to five and then putting a big slash. She loved it, and she was filthy that she'd been beaten up for like ten rounds by this giant snake, and I had run in and literally just like kicked it in the tail, and uh, and and stolen her kill. So that was hmm. I reckon that's got to be about seventeen years ago. <laughs> we played that game. It was before I was married. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah it, it definitely around that time. Is that the same game where my wife played the rogue and she went on that epic, like the whole a whole session was her sneaking uh-huh. in, stealing something. That yeah. was as a like young game master. Uh, that was that that was really really enjoyable. Like just going, oh, what happened next, and just like flipping through monster manuals and. Uh, you know, uh, DM guides and players handbooks trying to find, you know, how this thing works. And so effectively what happened, I won't spend too long telling it, but uh, everyone got into town and were employed by the town guard to do a thing. And everyone's like, okay, group, we'll do that in the morning. Checked into the inn, gathered some information. Everyone went to bed. Uh, My wife, Jen, was playing a rogue and she's like, I'm going to go steal something because that's what rogues do. And uh, went to the rich district in the in the town, used a grappling hook to climb in an open window. No, no, that's not how it worked. Went into a backyard, uh, snuck past a sleeping dog, unpicked the back door, dodged some servants, got into a study upstairs, found a case with an item. I randomly rolled for treasure, rolled like a D100 on the treasure table and like rolled something above 95. And so there's like this scepter worth, you know, huge amounts of money. So I'm like, well, that's probably going to be in a, uh, a locked and trapped case if it's that, you know, worth that much. And uh, so we worked out all of the, uh, the DCs, the difficulty, um, the difficulty check for uh, something being that appropriate. And she set off the alarm but she grabbed the scepter, used her grappling hook to jump out of the, the window and um, and make off into the night. So then the next day, she rocks up a little bit tired. Town guard officer that the party was uh, interacting with, he's a bit late because he's investigating a burglary, a, uh, uh, the theft, oh my goodness, I can't talk, <laughs> the theft of a, uh, a high-end artifact. Mm. He rolls a 20 on his spot check and notices that when he spoke to Jen's character uh, the day before, that she had a rope with elvish rope and a grappling hook on her belt, and that was left at the scene, and she didn't have it now. So he couldn't prove it, but he was really suspicious of them, and it affected like that whole chapter of the of the mission where that uh, that member of the town guard was very, very suspicious and... Whilst the party had a whole bunch of extra cash uh, based on her uh, her theft, the uh, it was actually a hindrance in the long run because the the town guard wasn't trustworthy and didn't offer the help uh, that they they might have because there was uh, yeah they kind of knew that she was up to no good. So yeah, and, and like like you said, that was over fifteen years ago. So yep. it was. Uh, but it was a really enjoyable night, and I remember you guys as players, even though you, your characters didn't actually do much for that whole session, everyone was kind of, like, in it, right? Everyone was... Uh, yeah, yeah, you couldn't help it. Yeah, it was very cool. Was I, very I cool. do remember, I don't know if it was that same game or a different one where your wife was playing a rogue, and we, I'm pretty sure we came up to, like, a bunch of caravans, and we were fighting some dudes, and, and she just kind of slipped off, and you had planted... A bunch of items that were like good individually for each of our characters. That's right. And she just took them all and 
just so you're there going you've got a ring of plus two strength and she's like sweet put it in my pocket and all this stuff and we're like but and she's like you don't know you don't know that and the only item that got to the right place was me because i was playing like a half elf with a uh, a dual wielding like sword so it was like a double-ended sword that i was playing and she found like a plus one version of that and was like well I can't hide this, so I'm just going to give it to to the only character that can actually use it. But (laughs) everything else, for like the other two or three players, they just didn't get ever (laughs) that whole thing. Sums up the way that Jen plays that game. Yeah. That game where she was a rogue is a very, very uh, long list. You have to be more specific, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, it's uh, fun and enjoyable uh, to to do that sort of stuff. Uh, Some people get salty with that gear, but that sort of thing, but- uh, yeah, she got suitably punished. Her character got punished for being so greedy over the course of the game. You always get yeah, your own yeah. back as the uh, as the game master. So, yeah, it's good. So, it's yeah, D and great. Speak- yeah, it is. I was going to say, but speaking of rogues, yeah, <sighs> segways. Uh, that's what I've been playing in my league matches. How are you going? Terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> But uh, I've had some I've had some really interesting matches and, you know, chatting with some of the, the beans, getting to know them a little bit, some of the other the people in Group Cracker. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not going well so far. But uh, that's all right. I'm, I'm there to uh, win. No? No. Have yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, have fun. To have fun and to interact with the, Co- the community, correct. exactly as you said. Uh, I am two and two so far. Okay. Nice. Uh, and I... Had a really greedy keep. Uh, Tanker, is it, who's in Group Chewy, was streaming uh, last night and mm. jumped on stream. He's playing Mono White. And our first game was pretty epic. Uh, I, I eventually got there with a uh, the sort of double Alrin's Epiphany, double dragon setup that, you know, I had to manage my life total and the board really carefully. Uh, and then... He won game, uh, game two pretty dis- decisively. And then mm-hmm. I, my, I have literal 30 lands in my, mm. uh, in my deck and I missed my third land drop. I mulliganed, uh, missed my third land drop for two turns and then drew two lands in a row, but they all came in tapped. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, I was just too far behind and, uh, he, uh, ran me over. So, mm. yeah, it was uh, unfortunate. Uh, my hand was really good, just couldn't cast anything. But, uh, but I think... Um, yeah, I, think I had one of those games. I was playing now. against... Yeah, I was playing against uh, Gruul. And I had... I brought in, in in game two, I brought in a bunch of the... Um, oh, mind control effects. I forget what they're called now. But it's triple blue. Yeah. And it costs less for, you know, if they've got a bunch of cards in the graveyard. Archmages, so whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Lol Mages Domination. Lol Mages, yep. <clears throat> yeah, so I was all ready to steal their lovestruck beasts and, you know, block with them. Yeah, no, I did. Sitting there looking at all them black lands in play. And just <laughs> had, had, had two blue for like four turns and just, yeah, got run over. Ouch. Yeah, it, that happens. Yeah, so there you go. There's a bit of a lesson there, Uh Mana bases and being able to cast your spells, you can have the best spells in the game, but if you can't cast them, uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I think when we talked about the uh, the secret layer that's got the full text basic lands, mm-hmm. I think it was Shorty that said, you know, basic land is the most powerful card in Magic, and uh, you know, just has a lot of text, so it must be, and it, it casts your spells. So no point having Tiamat. If you don't have lands to cast him or her, right? So, absolutely, yeah. But uh, yeah, the league's the league's ticking along pretty well, uh, pretty fun, and we've got a uh, you know some new faces that are uh, popping up that are uh, doing really well. Some old faces that are still going strong, doing really well. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's good, it's good. So I'm Love not it. sure who. Has finished yet? I think Rolling Royce in true Rolling Royce style has got all of their matches complete. But yeah, still a few to play. So if you're listening to this and you haven't played all your league matches, hit up your group and uh, yeah, get as many knocked off as you can. I think there's only a week and a bit left. Yeah, so, we're about halfway through. I think. Yeah, 
So, so yeah, maybe a couple of weeks left and then that's, that's it. And we got to get them all done before we, uh, work out who's going to, you know, make their way through to the finals with the, uh, double elimination. So should be sweet. Looking forward to it. I need to crack on and get some more of mine done. We'll, um, we'll smash them out soon. Sounds good. I'll be around over the weekend, I think, and, uh, try to get a bunch done then. Awesome. I think that probably brings us to the end of the cast. Somehow this short cast has stretched on for our <laughs> usual length, which tends to happen when you and I are talking, but uh, it's all good. Uh, so, I mean, just the usual kind of wrap up. Don't forget Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, our wonderful sponsors. Go check them out. Uh, if you would like to find us, the best place to do it is through our Discord. The link is in the show notes. That's where... All of our leagues are run. Everyone is talking about multiple formats. There's been, it's funny, last time I was on the cast, I was like, I've never played a game of Brawl. And then there's been this massive Brawl discussion in the last few weeks, last few days, sorry, which is awesome. Love to see it. Yeah. Uh, and there's I'll, always heaps of people talking about limited and stuff as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Sharing deck lists. Uh, there's a bit of a discussion going on. Someone's preparing for a store championship. So, you know, there's a bit of brewing going on in the standard channel. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's always something going on in the Discord. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, otherwise, you can find us on all the usual places, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Just search Magic Beans Cast. You will find us in all of those locations. Uh, Twitch, right? If you want to help us directly, you can either come subscribe to us on our Twitch channel or you can buy some of our merch through our merch store. Uh, and otherwise, if you would like to follow me directly on Twitter, I am at Joel Hill underscore and Chewy, you are at Chewy MTG. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe, and we will see you all soon.